Welcome back to this Builder Funnel Radio original mini-series, Brand Camp, an immersive series on website UX UI with Caitlin and Esther. Today we are bringing Esther back in, who is one of our marketing strategists here at Builder Funnel with a passion in website UX UI and currently pursuing a certificate at CalArts for UX UI. She loves helping businesses improve their sites. In this episode, we will be going over the user interface aspect of the site and some easy web design tips that you will be able to implement onto your web page. Ultimately, this will help improve your user experience, boosting your web page's ranking. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show, Esther. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, so I'm really excited to get into this. So we kind of went over, if you haven't seen the first two episodes of this mini-series, we went over a broad overview of what UX UI is. And then we got into some of the good and bad examples of UX and UI. In this episode, we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty here. And I think we got some good stuff here where people can implement this onto their website and it's going to really help improve their website as a whole. So do you want to get started here, Esther? Perfect. Yeah, sounds great. So this episode, we're particularly going to be focusing on UI. It's a piece of UX, but um, basically it stands for, again, the UI stands for user interface. And the way that the user interacts with the interface is kind of more the user experience, but we're going to focus on some of that nitty gritty, as Tyler just mentioned. And that just means kind of the visual and interactive elements of a digital product, you know, buttons, icon, uh, the spacing of the elements on the page, typography, um, how responsive is the design, you know, is it accessible, those kinds of things. So in the same way that you can make a small space when you are in the construction industry, appear larger by design elements in construction, you can also have user users experience your website in a specific way based on the visual elements and how you arrange them on a page. So, you know, this can build trust with, with the users, but it can also prompt them to engage in your site content in a specific way. So that's kind of what we'll be talking about with some of these tips and tricks. Yeah, I love how you're given the analogy with the home builder where it's pretty similar with the website where what you're building, they can be relatable in just in different ways. So yeah, I think that's really good to have those different analogies. So do you want to jump right in there and let's get started on Perfect. stuff that you can improve on? Yeah. So a lot of these tips I'm going to share are going to be more common sense. If you literally sit down and think about it, you're like, oh, I, I know I do that. But still, for one reason or another, they're not often followed. So that's something to kind of keep in mind as you think about these things. So the first element that we're going to talk about is content. And you know maybe this seems very obvious, but we want to talk about how you can keep your content focused. You want to make sure that you're, you have maybe one or two elements of content uh, kind of topics on your page that you really stick to what you say the page is about, that you know, even the way that you arrange it, there's not too much going on um, on the page. You want to have one kind of definite and clear goal. If you have too many calls to action on the page, for example, or CTAs, like we talked about um, in the last, the previous episode, it can distract the user and it can be confusing. So ultimately kind of keep it simple. And there is one rule that they do say, um, it's called Miller's Law. It's a psychologist from uh, a long time ago who talked about how um, it was the rule of seven. You know, our brains as humans can't often take in more information than seven. And so there's kind of a plus or minus by two. If you have seven or more 
elements on your uh, menu, for example, you don't want to have too many more than that um, or too many less than that. It's the same reason that when we have phone numbers without the area code, there's seven numbers because it's easy for us as humans to remember up to that point. So it's small little rules and tips and tricks like this with your content that can help to focus the user and make sure that they're not feeling overwhelmed by the information you have and that you're clearly communicating exactly what you want them to understand and see and and do even in the calls to actions that you have there. Yeah, I really like that. And I feel like this kind of goes back to some of the first episodes where it just comes back to keep it simple. You don't want to overcomplicate it. And you just want the user to have a seamless, seamless journey on your website. And it seems like you really do want to keep it simple. And that keeps coming up. And I never heard of this seven rule where... That's actually pretty interesting where how much you can take in or once you start to get overwhelmed. So that's a really good good tip to keep in the back of your mind there. Yeah, absolutely. The next thing that kind of falls in line with content that you want to be looking at is typography. Basically, what that means is the kinds of font you use, how you use them, the different hierarchies you have. So one of the things that you want to use Comic Sans in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, for those of you who don't know, kind of a standard plot that a ton of people use out there and, and people in the design world kind of make, make fun of that. So, yeah, so there is a bunch of different fonts. And even as you review websites, whether you realize it or not, you'll say, oh, that looks so clean and modern. It's because the website is up with the trends in terms of the fonts that they use, as well as we want to make sure that you are using no more than two fonts. So you should have two fonts for your branding and those fonts should complement each other. You have one font that looks kind of like very flowery letters um, and then you have, you know, like a script and then you have another font that's kind of like a typewriter. Those two clearly aren't going to match up. And so that's something that you want to be paying, paying attention to. There's even specific websites out there, fontjoy.com, fontpair.co, and we'll put those in our masterclass resources. But those specific websites will help you find uh, fonts and pair them together so that you can kind of see how they look and which ones you think would go well. Yeah, I feel like uh, branding is a huge part of this. And sometimes you do see it where you just use too many fonts and it just gets all over the place and that it just kind of deters the user from the website. And it's just it's just not as attractive as a website and just keeping that just just plain and simple with the two fonts and just, you know, you don't want to overdo it. And I feel like, I don't know if this would be related to it, but some of the fonts, they don't really have like the little dip on the end of say like a C or a T they have like the, I don't know if it's like sans serif. Yeah. Serif. Yeah. So I don't know if that relates to it where you, if you have serif, you should only use serif. And if you don't have serif, you should only use, don't use serif. I don't know if that's, same thing, or is that different? Would those be relatable? Yeah, I mean, I think it. Though, I think you could pair them together depending on the specific font that you wanted. But that is something to take into account. That as you really hone in on it, I mean, we could get into the weeds and everything <laughs> in every area. This is just one element on your page. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's you know, in some sense, it's some of it's going to be a little bit of a matter of visual preference. But there's definitely kind of the, there's a time, time point when you get into the black and the white and you're like, this really doesn't look good and no one's going to think it does. 
Um, and then you kind of start moving in and you're like, oh, well, I like it, but you don't. And so you kind of have to, as you kind of, it gets more nuanced as you move on. But yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. You can't please everyone. So just try and please the, please the median or please the average and then move on from there. Don't want to spend too much time on that. Yeah. And just, again, it's really much, pretty much just being, sticking to kind of the simplicity of it, find some fonts that complement each other aren't too different from each other. And then don't use more than that. <laughs> and then the next thing to kind of obviously pair into that is colors as well. So the way that you use colors on your site, again, you don't want to use too many. You want to stick with a couple specific colors for your branding. And there's a couple of websites as well that, you know, again, we'll have in the masterclass resources, but colorhunt.co, usecontrast.com. You want to make sure that the font colors are easy to read for the user, mm-hmm. that you can bold certain ones and emphasize certain colors based on the content that you want to emphasize. You want to make sure that your font as well is legible. Typically, they recommend about a 16-point font for, you know, kind of the body of the, the content. Um, that's kind of, that's ideal. Usually, there's some hierarchy that you want to consider as you think about your headers. A lot of times people will talk about like H1s, H2s. That just stands for header one, header two, header three. And you want to make sure that's even good kind of practices for SEO for not just the user, but for Google to figure out what kind of content you have on your site so that they can kind of categorize you correctly when people are searching for your services. So the main thing too, with each of those as You know, again, common sense, you want to make sure you're consistent across your site. You hop from one page to the next and your pages are completely different, then it's not reflecting well on the site. The user kind of starts getting confused and is like, oh, is this the same site? And, you know, it also can let the user know that in the same way you're consistent with your branding, you're going to be consistent with the work that you do for them. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. and. I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, it seems like for colors, a lot of the times you see white or black, and those are probably just the two most commonly used fonts. Do you think you should use like brand colors for fonts or just depends on readability? And it like if you're using, say your brand is green and the background's green and it's not going to blend well, obviously not going to use green. So is that kind of what you want to look for or should 
is there colors that you should stick to or is it just branding or white and black? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, there is a reason people use white and black because there is like that contrast. It's easy to read for people to understand. That's why it's out there a majority of the time. However, you can use like slightly nuanced colors of that even. So like a lighter gray or darker gray for instead of black and maybe not a pale stark white. So there are some recommendations that, you know, can be made kind of in a broad sense, mostly related to legibility and then kind of similar to the type of font it gets into what is your personal preference and what is the style of your brand. Gotcha. So, so a lot of it does depend on readability and just making sure it's as easy as possible for the user. And I think that kind of ties into white space. So it's just like keeping into how that goes and spacing stuff out. Do you want to expand on, on that there? Sure. Yeah. So good transition. So basically (laughs) white space is something that you do want to take into account as you think about the different elements on your page. And that doesn't mean it, it literally has to be white. Like the background of your page doesn't have to be white. It's just more the composition of the elements on the page. And you do need space on the sides even. Usually it's on the sides or different parts or elements in the page where the user can rest their eye. You know, if your whole website page is filled up with everything, then it's too, too much information, too hard for the user's eye to concentrate and figure out what is important in that. So, you know, it's almost like if you think about a photograph and a good Mm -hmm. composition, different elements are strategically placed in the picture to draw your focus in to certain points. Sometimes in a photograph, the background's blurry so that you focus on the subject at hand. And then sometimes your eye is moving around the frame of the picture to figure out, you know, the different elements that are going on. And so in the same way with a good picture, you can do that with a website so that you're emphasizing different visual elements on your site to draw the user's attention towards something. And that could be done with the fonts, like we mentioned, and the contrast. But it can also be done with visual elements such as pictures. You know, I'm sure it's similar to if you make a house, if you build a custom house, for example, and the windows are too close together, it might look okay on the inside, but on the outside, the visual representation isn't uh, that beautiful. And so there's different elements that you have to think about in the same way with your website for how those visual elements lay on the page. And that white space really guides the user's eye throughout the different design elements to draw their attention at certain times when they're scrolling down the page to what where they should be. Yeah, I really like that. I never actually really thought of that where if you do want to direct the user's attention to this side of the page, leave some white space over here and maybe just not even going full width with it because then it's just like a whole aspect that you got to look back and forth and then your eyes are just, and your head's just going back and forth. It's just keeping it condensed. And I think it goes back to keeping it simple. So I, I've never really thought about that, especially with photography, given that analogy where you get that bokeh and you got that the out of frameness and you got the in frame and it's, that's where your focus goes. So I, I really like that analogy to, if you want to focus someone on the left side of the page, get some white space on the right side and put the stuff on the left side. So I really do like that. And also, I mean, even the way that a user's eye visually moves across the screen, they have a couple of different ways that designers use it. They have like the Z where you move from the top left to the right zigzag down and then from the bottom left to the right 
And then they have like the F shape where you just move your eye from the top of the right, then the other elements go down and then there's the other part of the F. So there's these different ways that you can use white space around the, the body of your main copy on your site that can increase even comprehension of the elements in the article that you have there. Learn something new every day. I like it. <laughs> so with the white space and keeping it all in there and how you lay everything out, it's like, it kind of ties into what you're saying with the F and the Z and how everything lays out. Is there like a certain way that you should be laying stuff out? Yeah. Again, there's just kind of different elements that we'll probably get deeper into in the master class, but there's something called visual hierarchy that we're kind of hinting at and scratching the surface on. And what that means is basically when you order the visual size of pictures, perhaps, or the location of different objects, like a contact us form on a page to increase focus on a specific spot, uh, like we were talking about with similar to a, a photograph and a composition for that. So that is a key element here as well, visual hierarchy. So, you know, for example, some visual hierarchy elements are very common, like the phone numbers in the upper right-hand corner for most websites. And that's usually where they have that. You want that to be large. Um, if you want people to call you and you have a service, then you want that one to be pretty large right there. And that's a specific call to action. Obviously there's the contact us form. Where do you put that on the page? It all feeds into kind of the white space and the composition elements that we we've been been discussing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that kind of translates into if you want someone to see something, make it pop or make it bigger, or just do something to it, but don't go too excessive with it. I would say probably, I don't know if that's right or not, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like if you do want someone to say, see the contact now us contact us button, you want to make that a little bit bigger, a little more visual and, it just all plays into the, the interface here. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You just don't want that, particularly if you're offering a service to be hard for the user to find. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Um, and there's also kind of even new designed user interface trends that are coming out where there's one visual image on the page that really bleeds into the different menu buttons. And again, I'm probably not explaining it that well on a podcast. That's why you have to take the master class um, <laughs> to really see what we're talking about but you know it, it all comes down to kind of the color the contrast the readability readability the image placement all of these elements work in cohesion to help the na user navigate the website easier any website that feels kind of more intuitive where you don't have to guess where is this you just already seem to know based on the way everything is laid out that just means the website has good visual hierarchy from the menu button placement to the content to all of the visual elements and the different CTAs. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'll be going through a website and I don't know how I'll just randomly find a new part of the website on a random page. And it's just like, I don't know how I got here. It, it just seems like you should have it a lot more easily accessible if you do want them to find it. So I feel like this is all really good stuff here. Is there anything else that we may have missed or that you want to go over here, Esther? Not particularly. I would just say kind of this is just the tip of the iceberg for understanding the user interface aspects. You know, you can use visual elements 
to push the user towards certain buying decisions, even believe mm-hmm. it or not. And that's just even in the small tips and tricks and tweaks that you make on your site that in the way that you design it. And so that's something that you want to make sure that the user finds your interface easy to navigate, but that you're also pushing them to give you a call, um, fill out a form, download that, you know, remodeling cost guide or whatever it might be. Yeah. I feel like this is all really good, valuable information here. And a lot of the stuff you might not even think about until you may say, hear someone talk about it, or it, you, you may never think about it. So I feel like this is stuff that can really help your business, especially with your website and just having a better user experience. I feel like this is a lot about UI and user interface, but at the end of the day, user interface helps to have a better user experience. So I feel like this is all really good stuff. Thanks for coming on here, Esther, and joining on the mini series. Um, really appreciate all the knowledge that you uh, provided here. Yeah, thanks so much. I can't wait to hear Caitlin on the the final podcast and then hope to see you guys in that master class. Yeah, so thanks for joining in here. In the final episode with Caitlin, we'll be going over mobile usability. We do have our Builder Funnel Academy where you will be able to sign up for this. It will be open on April 1st. Currently, it's not open. You can sign up for our VIP list and you will be able to get first access to our Builder Funnel Academy at builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. And thanks for joining in. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in here on Builder Funnel Radio on our third episode of our four-part mini-series. I hope you're finding a lot of value in this. And I think Esther brought a lot of good points here. And for me, I think branding is what stood out. And a few key takeaways that stood out to me is if you want to brand yourself as a modern builder and you want to use some modern fonts. So you typically only do want to say within two fonts. You don't want to have too many fonts. It just doesn't look well and it doesn't look consistent and it just looks like you're all over the place. So you want to stick with two fonts that mesh well together. And 16 point font does seem to be the magic number to where you're able to have the user have a good experience and they're able to read your font well. So you want to stick with 16 point font. And the last thing is white space. White space is your friend. If you want to direct eye traffic to say the right side of your page, use some white space on the left side of your page. So users are going to look to the right side and look at what you do want them to see. So I feel like those are some key takeaways and I hope you're finding a lot of value in this. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the fourth fourth and final episode with Caitlin and we'll see you then.